welcome to the Damn Good Dogcast. This is your host, Robert Reynolds. We are audio only today. It was on the website, so no video right now for today, only audio. So I'm going to jump in real fast uh, before we bring on our special guest. Uh, obviously, kind of a disappointing night last night. Uh, expecting, you know, Aziz to go first round. However, that didn't happen. Uh, however, Eric Stokes going 29th to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think that's a good fit for them. They needed help in the secondary, and they got a speedster to help out with, without uh, getting burnt so bad that they did with a NFC Championship game. So tonight, uh, second and third rounds, expect Tyson Campbell, expect disease to go early. Uh, that's my prediction there. Uh, also, commit watch, commit watch. So be ready for that. 2 p.m., uh, Denylon Morissette makes his uh, commitment. And like I said, we are on commit watch. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to bring on my special guest, Evie from The Rebel Walk. And we're talking Ole Miss football. How are you doing, Evie? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on and uh talking some college football. I, I love talking college football. So, you know, it's always a pleasure. So obviously with last night, uh, I was surprised that Elijah Moore didn't get drafted first round. Uh, you know, obviously I think he had the potential to be first round. Uh, I expect him to go early second round. What are your thoughts there? Um, yeah, I think I, I was surprised, although I think all along, uh, to be honest, you know, there were, there were, there are some good wide receivers in this year's draft, obviously as an Ole Miss person, I think that I know that Elijah is one of those. So I did think, I actually thought he would have been taken by the Titans, um, or perhaps the Jaguars in the first round. So that did kind of surprise me a little bit. I don't look for him. To, to last too long in the second round. I think that he will be taken. I mean, he could be taken. I've heard uh, the first pick. I think the Jaguars have the first pick of the second round. So we'll see. But um, I think, you know, good grief. DK Metcalf was a second round draft pick by Seattle last year, and that worked out great. So oh, it did. Yeah, Elijah's probably not too worried about it. I mean, everybody wants the, the distinction of being taken in the first round, but he's going to work hard no matter when he's taken. Oh, no, I, I agree. Watching him, you know, watching him play this year, uh, you know, he really came onto the scene this year. I think with, uh, you know, with the uh, emergence of Corral, that quarterback, uh, you know, you look at what Lane Kiffin brought uh, to Ole Miss when he became the head coach. He's turned that offense around, in my opinion, in a very quick manner. Like, it was very fast. It was like overnight change. It, um, it really was. And I think that, uh, you know, Elijah met with, met with him when he was first hired and just wanted to, you know, I mean, the year before there had been the whole, you know, episode in the end zone, you know, against Mississippi State. And I hate to even, I hesitate to even bring that up because that's not, not who Elijah is now. But, um, you know, he talked with Coach Kiffin and talked about how hard he wanted to work. And Kiffin said, get ready to break all sorts of records. I mean, he knew with that offensive system and with Elijah's skill, what what kind of numbers he was going to be able to put up. And, and he did in just eight games. So I'm really proud of him. He's a really good kid and works really hard. And so I'm, I'm wanting the best for him. But you're absolutely right about about that offense and the way Kiffin just came in and, and installed his system and never looked back. Yeah, I know 
obviously every, uh, Elijah Moore, uh, Elijah Moore has been the talk so far, you know. But obviously, you talk about what you have right now, and some a couple of the names that I'm expecting to have big seasons. One, Matt Corral. Uh, I forgot who it was, but I think a guy from Saturday down south uh, put out his uh, SEC quarterback predictions. And actually, Corral was number one behind or right in front of JT Daniels. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting little uh, side story there. But, you know, watching, you know, watching last year, um, Matt Corral really separated himself. I know when you uh, when Ole Miss recruited uh, John Rice Plumley, you know, from because I know Georgia was recruiting him well uh, as well. And when he went there, we had the expectation that he was going to be the quarterback but he actually turned around to play some receiver. And I think that might be his new position. Is that right? Well, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think that what, well, what happened last season, um, John Rice was a quarterback throughout the season. Matt Corral obviously took over the starting job and John Rice would come in, you know, they'd have some packages for him and all, but um, with in the Outback Bowl, when we played Indiana, um, we were down some receivers, including including Elijah Moore, who was our slot receiver. And, you know, Lane Kiffin goes on and on about this. I mean, John Rice, with just a week or so of practice, stepped in and played slot. And he said, you know, people think, oh, he's a quarterback. He knows the plays. It's no big deal. And he said, no, this isn't, this isn't peewee football where everybody can play everything. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. stepped into the slot and he made – I, I mean, a drive-saving catch that helped Ole Miss go on to defeat Indiana did really well. Uh, wasn't too far off, I think, from 100 yards. So a lot of people have been wanting him to consider playing in the slot because simply, I mean, that speed is just undeniable. So um, so is his charisma. He's kind of electrifying to watch. So I think that they will definitely find a way to get John Rice on the field in, in some capacity. Yeah, I, I know looking at the offense, I know last year it was from a high level, right? Obviously, I didn't do too much digging, but I did watch a little bit. Um, you know, the passing game really stood out. So, I mean, a lot of people probably aren't going to recognize the run game for Ole Miss being so – because it was just so overshadowed, right, by the, the uh, passing attack. But the thing about it was, you know, it was interesting to watch Ole Miss, uh, the way you, you know, you handled – Alabama, right? You, you threw up so many yards and so many points. I, I didn't expect that, you know, and I, and I think a little bit of that is because of Lane's history with saving at Alabama. I just think that, you know, I think uh, Nick kind of got a little agitated. And this was a while back, though, when uh, Kiffin was still offensive coordinator there. I heard the story about uh, Saban got pretty pissed, right? Because uh, he was just finding ways to beat his defense. And obviously, you know, right. all about his defense. So I think that, you know, that chemistry and that knowledge uh, with uh, offense of, you know, with his offensive background for Lane really helped, um, you know, put it on Alabama. Even though y'all didn't win, it definitely, you know, it definitely showed there was potential to, to expose that secondary last year. Uh, obviously, ultimately, it didn't really matter because they're, Right. was just historic. <laughs> right. Um, you know, looking at it, though, I think, you know, what, so obviously Elijah Moore is going to be gone. You know, do you expect the same uh, high power offense, that, you know, that we saw last year? Do you think are you thinking the same thing is going to happen this year? 
Yeah, I, I do. And I tell you a couple of things back to your comments about rushing. I don't think because everybody thinks of Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin's, you know, high, high speed, up tempo, a lot of yard offense. I don't think that they realize the Rebels actually led the SEC in average yards rushing per game. They were number one. They had they they averaged two hundred and ten point six yards a game rushing, and uh, I think uh, A and M was second at two hundred five ten. Alabama was at like uh, one eighty three point four. So I mean, most people probably don't even realize that that they led the league in in yards per game average. So, um, but to answer your question, I do think that they're going to pick up just where they left off, and I'll tell you uh, maybe something that's kind of indicative of that. In the Grove Bowl, the spring game last Saturday, the very first offensive possession, Matt Corral hit Braylon Sanders for like a 60-yard pass. And Braylon, Braylon is a senior wide receiver, and actually he had been hurt and, you know, Elijah kind of stepped up so, well, stepped up in a big way, but Braylon uh, was hurt at the end of last year, missed the, I, got, I think he got hurt in the LSU game, but I think that you're going to see that's going to be kind of his Corral's new go-to guy. Uh, will be Braylon Sanders, and he's still got Don Terrio Drummond and Jonathan Mingo and, you know, a, a host of really good receivers and Jerry on Ely is returning as as uh, running back he's been out he was out of the spring game he had shoulder surgery at the end of the at the end of the fall but he'll be back full speed so I think Lane has plenty plenty of weapons there yeah I was you know looking into it though obviously you were talking about the uh the spring game you know and one of the things that really stood out to me and I don't know if you know maybe my listeners uh might know about this but, um, you know, after the spring game, you know, he, uh, Kiffin actually fired the, was it the offensive line coach? Yes, Randy Clements. Yeah. They, so, they parted ways, yes. <laughs> yeah, in quotations, if I'm not mistaken, right? Right. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I guess it's, it's kind of one of those things where you don't really see that coming, um, especially like right after the spring game, you know, wrapping up the spring uh, camp and everything. You know, then you kind of back off and, you know, they part ways as they said it. You right. Know, is there, was there any writing on the wall there? Because, like I said, for for that, that really doesn't happen like that unless there's some, you know, obviously some building, you know, bad blood there. Uh, obviously, I don't keep up with, you know, Ole Miss oh, as well right. as I would like a Georgia, but, you know, it's, it's right. still weird. You know, was that something that you saw coming? Or no. Was that just no. out of the blue? No. And I, I think really, if any, Ole Miss beat writer told you they saw it coming. They probably aren't being very uh, genuine there, but because um, it, it was a surprise, and I think it was a surprise also because the offensive coordinator, Jeff Lebby, um, you know, I think Randy Clements was probably his hand-picked guy, although that being said, nobody is on that staff unless Lane Kiffin wants them on that staff, and so I don't know. I think part of it, you know, I've, I, I've Literally, there has been nothing. I mean, I can tell you, you know, a lot of people jumped to erroneous conclusions when they heard that he was fired. It was, oh, no, they must have had a recruiting issue, a violation, or or maybe there was a personal indiscretion. None of that. Absolutely none of that. Nothing like that. I can assure you that. I think, um, you know, perhaps 
mean, Kiffin, there is a method to his madness, you know, and I mean, I'm not saying he's mad, but I mean, he, he oh, has a reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's pretty much a genius as far as, as I'm concerned. And he's just, not only has he turned around the program, but he has infused energy into a program that was pretty much on life support before he got there. So um, I, I was surprised by it, but do I think he has something else in mind? Absolutely. And I think at some point we'll, you know, the rest of us will probably be able to kind of figure it out. I mean, I, I think recruiting is a big, big deal to Lane. Lane gets it, you know, where oh, the no, rebels... I, I think you saw that back in Alabama and everything. And, yes. You know, and, and I'm a, I'm a real recruiting like junkie. I love that stuff. And you know, it, it's weird to me, considering, you know, obviously it's super early in the 2022 cycle, right? The the thing that sticks out to me is, I, well, albeit they're four stars, only, you know, Ole Miss only has two recruits right now, or two commits, right. I should say. Right. And, and to me, you know, you look, that's on par with Tennessee having two, but I mean, they're three stars, but that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's but- weird. You know, you look at Mississippi, I know there's a, there's a huge Georgia target. And I'm sure you've probably heard of him, Branson Robinson. Right, you know? right. And, and obviously, Georgia's going on him pretty hard. Uh, you know, great running back. Right. Um, but it, to me, it's just weird to see Ole Miss at this stage in the 2022 cycle only having two commits. Well, Considering yeah. what we saw last year, you know, with the high-powered right. offense and stuff like that. To me, it's kind of weird. I, I'm expecting it to pick up uh, more so once the, uh, once the dead period ends on June 1st. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's really when recruiting is going to take off. And it's just going to be super chaotic, but awesome to cover. <laughs> it, it is. I tell you what, um, my thoughts on that. Um, Kiffin has some interesting thoughts. And I think he takes a lot of, of what he does, maybe from what he learned from Nick Saban. And I think his philosophy is nobody is committed until they actually sign on the dotted line, even if they say they're committed. We know we know how that goes. Um, But I think that, you know, there are times that Nick Saban, I know for a fact, doesn't want kids to say they've committed because then, you know, it just starts the flurry of everybody trying to get them to, you know, decommit or, you know, whatever. So I don't think Kiffin's worried at all about that. I don't think, I think there probably are kids that that they're pretty sure are going to be coming, but have not made any announcement. And the thing that I've noticed covering recruiting for, for Ole Miss, and I have a, I have a wonderful director of recruiting for me, Leanne Herring, um, who who just is on top of it all. But Kiffin has expanded Ole Miss's recruiting range. I mean, no more is Ole Miss just content to let's just get the best kids in Mississippi, which, you know, I mean, Matt Luke, when he was there, I mean, his whole mantra was Mississippi made. And that is wonderful. There are some outstanding football players, as you just mentioned, in the state of Mississippi. But there are also some outstanding players, you know, on the East Coast. And, and you know, he got some from Philly and he gets some, you know, he's just kind of widening the net, so to speak. So um, that's been really interesting to see some of his targets and how he's just made it a bigger picture. And frankly, you know, Kiffin made a big point in the first, uh, this last recruiting season to say, we're going to go after the best players. Some years, more of those may be in Mississippi than not. And some years, 
it'll be different. He said, but we're not going to just take somebody because they're from our own state. And we're not going to do the thing where we take somebody because, oh, then the next year there's a really good player at their high school and we want to get them. No, those days yep. are over. So, and, and, I, and I think that the, the program is, and the performance and the product you see on the field will reflect that. Yeah, I know looking at the, you know, looking at the two commits that you have, you know, you have um, an athlete, uh, Marquez Dorch, uh, out of Mississippi, and Larry Simmons, uh, wide receiver, same, out of Mississippi. Uh, you know, and, and to your point here, I know kind of keeping up with Luke when he was the head coach there, I remember that, and the recruiting wasn't as good. I, I think Luke's a good recruiter, uh, but right. I think he was just wanted the, the culture to kind of be better, in my opinion, without less focus And you know what? Are you you – there is not more of a pro Matt Luke person out there than me, other than, you know, his wife and his sister probably. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think Matt Luke, Matt Luke held that class together after Freeze was let go. Um, I think he kept, he kept the team together. I think there were players that, I mean, really good players that probably would have left uh, had Matt Luke not been named the coach. Um, I think that there was kind of a, whether it was the, the Hugh Freeze, the circumstances under which he left, um, or, or, you know, the entire NCAA debacle that occurred when Freeze was there, you know, there was kind of, there, the reputation was tarnished a bit. And I think that there is just nobody who is more of a, of a high character, high integrity person than Matt Luke. And so I absolutely feel like Matt Luke is what the Rebels needed when when they got him. So definitely want to make that clear, you know. Oh, I, no. I just, yeah. yeah, I know when he came over uh, as our offensive line coach when uh, Sam Pittman took over the Arkansas job, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he held he held the recruits that we had on the offensive line because at the time we had, a, we had an impressive haul. You're looking at – you know Tate Ratledge and mm-hmm. and all them guys, right? That's just leading the group, uh, leading the group there. And he was really able to, you know, basically keep the recruiting class for that offensive line all together. Uh, and, and myself, I was worried because we knew how Pittman recruited. Uh, you know, you know the guys that he had brought in were all elite guys. Uh, and then you, you know, you have that situation where he takes his head coaching job, and and you know, knowing the offensive line, those those guys loved Sam Pittman. Uh, he's one of those, you know, he's one of those guys that you can't really hate almost. Right, um, right. <laughs> so you sit there and you, 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 at that, I genuinely grew a little concerned. I was, I was expecting to see more turnover, uh, you know, in, in regards to guys leaving. Uh, really, the only guy that left was uh, Braun, uh, Josh Braun, and he went to Florida. Um, so, you know, in my opinion, that's how, I, I, kind of your point, we're talking about Luke keeping it together. I, I think it shows for Georgia fans as well. Uh, when Pittman initially took over the Arkansas job. So, you know, right. and also to your point as well with, you know, with Lane, you saw this in the past where he he has a name, right, and everybody knows it. Uh, either you love him or you hate him. <laughs> but you can't, you can't deny that he has a great offensive mind. It, it's, it's a real masterpiece uh, what you can see him do offensively. Um, so I'm curious to see how he handles the defense because I know last year, um, you know, your record for Ole Miss didn't really show, a, you know, a great. Right. Uh, it wasn't the greatest, obviously. Uh, you know, and, and I think a testament to that is, you know, I think you're just uh, – Kiffin's got to get those guys in there, right? 
But, um, you know, Georgia fans, I, I don't know if, you know, I'm, I know you probably know who I'm talking about, but Otis Reese, right? Oh, absolutely. Transfers from Georgia and goes to Ole Miss. Uh, you know, I was happy to see him. I felt like he did pretty good last year. Um, you know, when he made that commitment uh, to Ole Miss, I was kind of happy for him. Uh, you know, obviously, Georgia kind of gets that little, you know, just so much so deep that, you know, sometimes you see these guys leave and they actually do well uh, where they go. Uh, so, you know, defensively, do you think you would, you know, what are your thoughts on the defense? Do you see um, an improvement coming? Um, just curious. want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I, I absolutely do. I tell you what, I think that um, defense, you know, Kiffin, Kiffin, you know, just being on the, in all the Zoom press conferences and everything with him game after game throughout the season, I think that, you know, it was obvious. I mean, he made no bones about the fact that, you know, if we would have had a, you know, a couple of defensive stops here, we win that game, you know, and there were several games that were like that, which is why it was really encouraging in the Outback Bowl. It, it, came down to a defensive play. Ole Miss needed to stop Indiana on their final drive, and they actually did. And and while that may sound silly to put it, put it in that, you know, in that way of, of, yeah, they needed to stop and they got it. I mean, they had not done that throughout the season. You know, you get one more stop against uh, Alabama, who knows what happens. I mean, a couple of breaks here or there in, in, against Auburn. I mean, the same thing LSU. I mean, very close games they were in that literally just come down to a few plays, getting off the field on third down, which they really struggled with. So in my mind, where Ole Miss was the weakest defensively was their defensive line. They weren't, they didn't have the depth and they did not have the size. And I think that you saw in the recruiting class, this, this year's recruiting class that they, that they got, um, they went out and they got the number one and number two Juco defensive tackles in the country, Isaiah Iton and Jamon Gordon and two big kids, you know, JUCO, I mean, literally number one and two in the nation in the JUCO rankings. And from all accounts and everything we've seen, we saw through spring, those kids are going to be big. You know, they're going to make an immediate impact on that on that defensive line, getting pressure on the opposing offenses and where they also needed some help. And they got a lot of help also was on the back end. I think they signed like seven defensive backs in this class. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a couple of them have already, you know, are being, are being, you know, it's, it's cool to ask the players when we get a chance to interview them, who of the new kids are standing out to you? And I think that uh, they've mentioned uh, Taishim Johnson. <coughs> excuse me. Um, he's doing a great job back there in the secondary. So I think Lane really addressed a lot of areas of need in this, uh, in this recruiting cycle. Yeah, I know you were talking about your schedule, and if I'm not mistaken, y'all finished uh, four and five last year uh, with the A&M game being postponed. Uh, So what I want to do here is take a look at the 2021 schedule, and I just uh, popped that up for you uh, and for the viewers here. Uh, So let's go ahead and – I think we were five and five if you count the Outback Bowl. Yeah, well, I mean, I was looking (laughs) at regular season. Oh, in conference. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to get away from that losing record there. So, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So what we've got on the screen here is your Ole Miss schedule for this year. Uh, So what we'll do is we'll kind of break this down. We'll try to go – since it's a 12-game regular season, we'll go the first six and then the last six. Okay. Uh, So what we're looking at here is you start off uh, neutral site game in Atlanta against Louisville. Uh, then you go to, you know, then you play Austin P, 
Tulane. Uh, then you have your bye week, uh, and then you go to Bama. Right. Uh, and then Arkansas. Uh, and so basically what I'm seeing here is, you know, I think Louisville is, is a team in the ACC that just isn't there yet. They, I mean, they're, they're middle of the pack. Right. Um, I, I just think that I just don't know if their defense is going to be able to hold the offensive firepower. Um, so looking at the first six games, you got Louisville, Austin P. Tulane, Bama, Arkansas, and then at Tennessee. I, I'm going to skip the, uh, the bye week here. Okay. Um, so, you know, looking at your first six games, you know, I, I think there's a real possibility that you can actually go uh, five and one. I agree. Uh, and, and I think the, the one game that you can question, in my opinion, um, to make it four and two would be actually Arkansas. Me too. Uh, I totally agree with you. A, uh, Ole Miss and Arkansas. <laughs> just have a crazy crazy history of some games that just go right down to the wire and and i i agree with you i think that's a tough one i'm glad it's in oxford yeah i mean i think with the sec going to i think the sec is going to be full capacity there's no question about it so definitely you know this year you get that uh, added uh, home game or the home environment uh you know benefit there uh but you know, like i said i think you look at the offensive firepower right i think you overtake uh, Louisville just based off the offensive firepower. I think so too, and I think that it's Tulane. like, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you need to overlook Tulane too much because uh, I think they're a good. This kind of falls into, you know, Ole Miss just having too much firepower on the offense. Uh, obviously, you get your bye week, and then you go to Tuscaloosa. Uh, it's it's hard to beat Tuscaloosa. Uh, it's hard to beat Bama <laughs> in Tuscaloosa. Uh, anybody, right? I think the only team that actually had somewhat a consistent or not even consistent, but the ability to win in there was, you know, was, uh, was uh, Auburn with Gus, uh, you know, so I, other than that, I think that's just kind of almost, I hate to say it, but it's kind of a guaranteed loss unless something dr- drastically happens to Bama. Right. Right. Now I will say I was in Tuscaloosa covering the game in 2015 when Chad Kelly and Ole Miss beat Alabama. And that was something I will never forget. Yeah. That Um, was a wild one. That was a wild one. That was one where Ole Miss was way ahead. And, and it was funny to watch the Bama fans were all scurrying out of the stadium. They, they were leaving and then Alabama, you know, mounted to come back and it, you know, it was a lot closer at the end, but uh, that was a heck of a game. That's the one where, uh, uh, Chad Kelly threw the ball and it bounced off of uh, somebody's helmet and Quincy had a boy. Yeah. I mean, ran for a touchdown, caught the deflection off the, <laughs> off the helmet and ran for a touchdown. So oh, that was uh, insane. That was insane. I mean, it takes, you know, there's no doubt it takes a little luck to beat, <laughs> to beat Alabama too, but um, you're, I completely agree with you. That is, that is a challenge for anybody to go into Tuscaloosa and play, play that, that team. Yeah, and, and I think you look at Arkansas, right? Obviously, Arkansas plays Ole Miss pretty tough. Uh, it's a, Arkansas right. and Pittman there just in the first year. Uh, you know, the record, you can speak on, you know, what it is. It's three and seven. Uh, but considering the state of that program, where it was before Sam Pittman came in, right. uh, you know, you, you have that situation where you have no offseason. Uh, you know, you come in there, he, he hires some great offensive and defensive coordinators uh, positions. And they really play a good brand of football. We played Arkansas last year, uh, obviously our first game. Uh, we played kind of crappy, but at the same time, this is us trying to go through what we were, the issues we were coming through. Uh, 
with the quarterback spot, trying to figure that out before JT comes in. But, you know, we handled the – we win the game, uh, but definitely was not pretty the first half. And my take on it was at, at first I was like, we're just that bad. But then, you know, obviously second half comes out and, you know, we ultimately pull away. You know, but looking after the, you know, after the Arkansas game, you know, we started kind of keeping up with them just as, just because it's Sam Pittman. Right. And they really do have a good brand of football, which is one of those tough, you know, very sound defensively. And, you know, looking at Ole Miss, you can't overlook this game. And this is why I was saying you could really be four and two if you're not careful. Right. The Bama game, how much does the Bama game take away from Ole Miss? Is it is it enough to make Arkansas <laughs> slide in and win? Right. Well, just, you know, do you come out of the do you come out of the Alabama game healthy? I mean, you know, that's a that is a tough physical. I mean, the the size of the Alabama offensive and defensive lines, you know, you you got to have a yeah, you got to have a little luck coming out of there hoping that your your key players are are healthy. I mean, you're absolutely right. And I tell you what, I think it was brilliant of Pittman to hire Barry Odom as his defensive coordinator. I mean, he, he, he's phenomenal. And I know when Ole Miss played Arkansas last year in Arkansas, that was the first time that Matt Corral had seen that season had seen, well, really that was Matt Corral's first, you know, first year starting. So, um, you know, people forget that you think he's been around a while, but last year was his first year to really start. And he, you know, Arkansas, Barry Odom dropped eight against him and he really struggled with that. And Kiffin said after the game, you know, defensive coordinators in this league are paid a lot of money to figure out and do things, you know, like what Barry Odom did to him. And he said, you know, everybody else is watching, so we better figure out what to do because they're all going to start doing that, you know, when they see it works. So I just can't speak enough about what Pittman has done and, and how good I think Barry Odom is as a D.C., Oh, absolutely. I know looking at it this way right here, though, uh, kind of going back into it, like I said, once you get to Tennessee, you go at Tennessee, right? I, I look at it right now. I think you have a chance of having one loss, right, with Bama being the guaranteed here. Away from Arkansas, I know their defense is sound, uh, but I, I do think that the offensive firepower, you know, it, it's a pass. It's a passing league right now, or, you know, the NCAA right. is. So that comes to your benefit there. Uh, but moving on to Tennessee, you know, obviously you'll be – I think you'll be 5-1 and one there. Or, no, so 6-1, and one, sorry. Uh, Tennessee is just in a situation now where it's just it, – it's it's sad. I know Heupel's trying to sit here and, and kind of revive it, but it is a mess. You know, obviously with the, uh, you know, with the self – basically the self-investigation and stuff right. like that. As a Georgia fan, I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, you know, it's I'm one not of our rivals and – they do it to themselves and all that stuff. Obviously, you feel bad for the kids uh, right. a little bit, but but I'm know, with at you. At the end of the day, it's a rivalry, and you know you did it to yourself, uh, right? So then you kind of go on to the back half here. Your last six games, uh, you have LSU at home. Uh, then you go to the Plains, Liberty, uh, Texas A&M uh, at home, which I think y'all be ready for that game because uh, yeah. it was postponed. Uh, and then you have Vanderbilt, and then you go to uh, Mississippi State. Uh, obviously, the Egg Bowl, um, one of the I know y'all's biggest game of the year, no question, uh, from a rivalry standpoint. Right. Uh, you know, looking at that back half, though, I think there's a chance. You know, I think you kind of, this is where it kind of evens out your record. Uh, I think LSU, you know, coming in there, LSU's just got so much firepower. 
Uh, it's going to be a good matchup to see the offensive firepower from Ole Miss uh, against Stingley, against Ricks down at LSU. And I think LSU just has it enough, just enough, to pull out a win in Oxford. Uh, then you go to Auburn where they're kind of in a rebuild mode, and Bo Nix, I, I just don't trust Bo Nix. Me is, neither. Me neither. Um, so I think Did you Bo win that game. Right. I think you win that game. So then you go to Liberty. I think you win Liberty. Uh, A&M, I think, is, is a really good team. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the loss of Kellen Mond. Honestly, though, you hear about Haynes King. Um, I think the kid's got the talent. It's just a matter of putting it on the field. Um, you know, Jimbo's good. He's good at, you know, getting these quarterbacks developed. Uh, obviously, he did it with Jameis. Uh, Kellen looked great, you know, last year. Uh, but I think A&M pulls this off. Uh, then you go to – then you bring Vanderbilt, and I think you just demolish Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is in a in a terrible situation right now uh, in, in regards to the state of the program. Uh, bottom feeder of the SEC. Uh, so I think you handle them pretty easily. Uh, and then you play Mississippi State. And this is where it gets interesting because you have Mike Leach and the character that he is, right? Everybody knows it. He's a character. Uh I just, you know, and obviously that air raid offense, I think it causes problems for, you know, for for the defense. Uh, but I think your offensive firepower can manage to pull off a victory here. So I've got you barely – I've got a close game, Ole Miss winning that game. Well, I – it's funny. I Of course, I'm going to disagree on a few of those losses in there. <laughs> um, I think uh, – you know, and I think, again, all this is predicated on the defense. I think Ole Miss is going to have the offensive firepower to play with anybody. I truly believe that. Whether it's – it's just going to be, does it come down to we literally have to score on every possession in order to, you know, in order to win a game. But – if the defense, and we've said this for a few years and it, and it hadn't really happened, but if the defense is middle of the pack, if it's just serviceable, I think with the offensive firepower that they have, I think that you're going to see some of those games maybe. Like, I think they'll be – I actually graduated from a and I, I look for Ole Miss to beat A&M. And in terms of, of Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond – you know, at times was phenomenal and at times was very subpar. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think Haynes is a, is a, a really good quarterback. And I mean, they, they even may elevate a little bit. I don't know. Um, but uh, LSU, I mean, it's, you know, it's just going to depend. I mean, if this, if all the big defensive linemen get in and get work, um, and are prepared, and the new guys in the secondary. I really think it's going to be an interesting game. And of the kids who signed with the Rebels in December, and again, now everybody's mostly signing in December nowadays, they had like 15 or 18 kids that showed up mid-year. So we've had kids that have been there since January. And it's like Kiffin said, instead of coming in in the you know, late summer and, and you're there for fall camp and you don't even know your way around, you don't know anything, these kids have, will have all been there now, including those two big JUCO D-tackles. So I think if there's a jump in the defense, then I think, if, you know, that could that could absolutely make a difference in a, in a few of those games because they were close last year. But I think with a little bit more solid defense, I think some of those they could win. I, I see that point. Um, so like, overall, I have it going nine and three. I think that's very respectable. I think. That's, oh, I do too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I look at it in a sense. And I've, I've had a, a guy from Texas A&M that covers them. 
Um, I, I think A&M finishes second. Uh, this is just based off of my feel here. Uh, you know, obviously, I think you have Bama winning the the East, or the West. Right. Uh, you know, then it's kind of a crapshoot. It really is when you have A and M and you know LSU. Can they rebound and you know do they get more solid quarterback play? Uh, you know, then you have Ole Miss with the firepower y'all have. If y'all bring this uh, defense and make it a little bit more solid, you know, there's some room for you know j- uh, jostling around. Uh, you know, it it could be almost anybody's to lose that second spot. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I I just think that. At the end of the day, and I know this is probably, and I'm oh, I'm understanding of this. I just I just <laughs> think that Ole Miss finishes third or fourth, uh, and I think a lot of that depends on the uh, how LSU does, really. Right, right. I I totally agree. I do think that it's you know it's great that the Rebels play LSU in Oxford this year. Um, I think you know last year Ole Miss lost to LSU barely, and they were without their with Elijah Moore and their starting tight end, Kenny Yeboah, who both had opted out. So, you know, I even, I mean, you hate to say who knows what would have happened, but I mean, I just think that there were some, plus they were down, you know, as a lot of people were last year, Ole Miss was down to, I mean, the, the numbers, Due to COVID, that they played with. It was, that it, game. was a, it was yeah, a mess it, last it, year. It was a mess. So um, it's just really hard, I guess, to even go off of anything that that happened last year. But um, I think it's going to be a fun season. I'm really looking forward to it. I know the state of Mississippi is back wide open. You know, in in baseball, I think against uh, Auburn when Ole Miss opened the season in baseball. In March, they had uh, 33,000 fans over the weekend, you know, about 11,000 per game for baseball. So um, I think it's going to be fun. I think you're right. I think we'll have full capacity, and and I'm really looking forward to it. I am. I know. I want to get back to normal. And obviously, I think you you go to Sanford Stadium, have 92,000, 93,000, you know, against these big games and stuff like that. It's going to be, you know, something you don't take for granted. All right. So, like I said, with the schedule, I've got it going nine and three. What's your overall schedule at the end of the year based off of way too early predictions? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, you know, call me crazy, but I, I'm i going to say with a little luck, I, I think nine and three is very doable. I do think that's very doable. I'm looking for uh, uh, just I, I've interviewed a few of the defensive players. I kind of know their mindset and what they're looking at for this season and the standard they've set for themselves. And I think that could kind of be a difference. So nine and three, absolutely reasonable, but I wouldn't be 10 and two would not surprise me. Hmm. Interesting there enough. You go. Yeah. Well, you can, you can close. have me back on at the end and we'll see how I did. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, looking into that, you know, it's always interesting to see, obviously, you know, obviously, you know, don't get too hyped up with these. Uh, you know, this right. is just something we do for fun. Right. Like I said, the key words there way too early. We get it. Uh, anything can happen. Right. We know how that goes. Um, but no, I, I think you're looking at Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss's schedule. I think nine and three is doable. Uh, I think either second or third. I think A&M finishes second to me. Uh, so I can see a third place. But honestly, a third place finish in the West isn't that bad. Nothing the, to the sneeze level at. Play right. in the West. <laughs> right. Nothing to sneeze at for sure. And and I'm with you. I mean, I think that that um AM, I'm just gonna have to see how they do. Uh they I think they lost, I think they may have lost a number of players on the offensive line. Um, and they'll have a new quarterback. Um 
I do. I, I know Anaya Smith, who's kind of their all-purpose everything. You can play running back, receiver, whatever, and he's um, he's phenomenal. So, I mean, I think that that obviously, I mean, they've been in the what top five or six in recruiting every year. Jimbo's been there, so they've got phenomenal players, facilities, um, etc. So, you're right. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them second in the West, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see him fourth in the West. I just think the room for <laughs> the wiggle room in there, I mean, it, it's just such a, a grind um, in that, in that uh, division, in the whole, in, in the whole conference, actually. As you oh, know. absolutely. So, so any given day, it's just, it's just hard to know what will happen. So nothing would really surprise me at this point, other than, and no offense to my Vandy friends, but if Vandy finished second, that would surprise me. No, <laughs> so, no, that, that would, you know. I, don't, I, I think I think hell would freeze over at that point. Yeah, good. Um, but no, um, so like I said, thanks for doing this. Uh, you know, the season preview. Uh, I think it's always fun to kind of see where we stand out as two different teams. Uh, you know, fans from two different teams. Uh, you know, so I want to I want to give you a shout out here. I want to give you a, a minute here. <clears throat> where can people find you? Where can they find your work? Uh, let the people know so they can look and find you. Okay, great. Thank you for that. Um, they can follow me at Ole Miss Evie, O-L-E, and then Miss Evie, E-V-I-E, um, on Twitter. And they can follow at The Rebel Walk uh, and also find us on Instagram, Facebook, all that. But also uh, our website is TheRebelWalk.com and they can find us there and check us out. There you go. If anybody's curious about Ole Miss, there you go. <laughs> now, one of the things I know, obviously, this is a this is a Georgia group, and this is a Georgia right. podcast. Do not underestimate the fact that Ole Miss could very well shake some things up, and you might see a different team than Alabama playing in the, in the uh, SEC championship game. So you never know, right? I think it, you have that feel like it's going to happen. It's going to be Bama, Georgia. Anything can happen. You Anything never know. Happen. You never know. It's like the year Ole Miss beat Alabama and was going to go to the title game, but then along came fourth and 25 against Arkansas. Oh, <laughs> and, the, yeah. and, and, you yeah. know, calamity ensued, and fourth and 25 will forever be a dagger in the heart of Ole Miss fans as Arkansas went on to win that game, sending, you know, Alabama on to the title game. So um, you're right. <clears throat> Anything can happen. The teams in this league are so competitive. The yeah. coaching is so good that uh, anything can happen. Well, I just want to say thank you for coming on and, and talking college football, talking Ole Miss. You know, obviously Georgia doesn't play Ole Miss uh, this year. I know it's coming up. It's going to be interesting when we play. Uh, you know, I like when we switch it up and go to these different schools. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to keep up with the uh, the season once it starts. I can't wait for September 4th. Um, I'm sitting here giddy like a kid waiting for Christmas. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I think as most people are. Yeah. Um, but like I said, just uh, thanks for coming on and, and having a good chat here with the uh, talking football and everything. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you in the season. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. All right, guys, that is going to do it for the show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the content here. Uh, make sure to check out damngooddogcast.com. Uh, stay up to date. Uh, with schedules here, check out where to uh, where to listen, where to watch. Um, check out um, 
I mean, you got it. You name it. Uh, anything is there. You can also find any special guest that's been on the show. You name it. Check it out. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and get a brief, a quick uh, segment here uh, regarding bus sprout, and then we're going to wrap it up. So stay tuned for the break, and go dogs. Ever since I started podcasting, I've used Buzzsprout, and let me tell you this, you cannot go wrong with Buzzsprout. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. One of the hardest things about creating and starting your own podcast is not knowing what to do. Buzzsprout, it's super easy. You, They will help you out in regards to what to do. Buzzsprout will get your show listed in every major podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and Buzzsprout is the best partner you could imagine. Uh, you'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into your other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, uh, and other tools to promote your episodes, and there's a lot more than just that. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out to the world. Follow the link in the show notes and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. Get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for the paid plan. And it helps support our show. Alright guys, just remember, before we get off here for the day, tonight, second and third round of the NFL Draft. Like I said, stay tuned. I think Aziz, I think Tyson Campbell, both go early. So it's going to be interesting to see where our dogs go. And on that note, I hope everybody has a great weekend and go dogs. 